title of the message tonight is Parenting on Purpose. We all know of, and, and maybe this is how it was when you were growing up, maybe your parents did the best that they know how to do and they just hoped that things would turn out right. And I know that's what sometimes, you know, I find myself doing. And, um, but I want you to understand, and we're going to see from Scripture tonight, that we should have a purpose when it comes to parenting. We should have a, a uh, plan that's biblical, and we should work the plan. And, and I want you to understand, I just want to let you off the hook this morning, I mean this evening, excuse me. Um, you know, ultimately, our children will grow up and they will make their own decisions. But what we need to be mindful of is what God has called us to be as parents. I've determined in my heart that if my kids are to stray away from the Lord, may it not be because I've contributed to that. You know, none of us are going to be perfect. Sometimes I do in my attitudes, my mannerisms, and and my sinfulness at times. I do not make, uh, you know, being a Christian look good. How many parents can admit to that at times? But however, it should be our desire and we should be constantly striving in Christ to, to point our children to Jesus. And so tonight I'm going to share with you some biblical principles. Nothing that you're going to hear tonight is new. Nothing here that is revolutionary. Nothing uh, that has not been probably taught to you if you've been around uh, the church for any sort of time. But I, I believe that it's good for us to remind each other. I'm, I know when studying this uh, last week or so that I, I've been reminded of my, my, my calling. You guys understand that other than your walk with God, it goes in this order. Your walk with the Lord, your marriage, if you are married, and I know I'm talking to some single parents in here tonight and, and we pray for you. We love you. We're for you. And, um, if you, uh, and then of course, after that, those relationships comes your, your role as a parent. That's the priorities. And so we want to take this as serious as God takes it. And so tonight I just want to encourage you in the very beginning of this message. God never calls us to a task without giving us what we need to accomplish it. He will never, uh, leave us high and dry. And I want to encourage you with that, parents. And we, we want to remember that the goal of parenting isn't for their behavior to be modified. The goal of parenting is for our children's uh, hearts to be conformed to the image of Christ. Do you guys understand that every one of your children, they're worshipers. They're, they worship something. We are made to worship. And it is our Desire, I believe, as godly parents and, and, and Christians, we are, we are uh, striving to point our children to Jesus, to, to, to embody what we just sung a moment ago. We, I want my kids to be a lover of his presence, you know? You know, I get more excited when I see teens at the altar than if I see, you know, a kid, you know, score a touchdown at, on a football a Friday night. You know, and, and parents, you know what? We should be emphasizing what God emphasizes. But I want you to see tonight, as we get into this study, I want you to notice, first of all, we've got to understand something. Understand that the task is beyond our capacity. You say, Pastor, that's not encouraging. 
You're saying that I can't do it. That's exactly what I'm saying. We can't do it. The Bible says, except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain who build it. I know of parents, maybe some in this room, who you, you stay up late at night and you stress and you, 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 you wring your hands uh, uh, thinking about, uh, you know, are my kids going to turn out or my team was just recently caught doing such and such and I'm doing everything that I know to do and and I and I, I know we've all been there where it seems like no matter how much we pour into our kids sometimes it just seems like it's not uh, hitting home and I just want to uh, not discourage you but I want to encourage you with this God knows that apart from him that we can accomplish this and so what he, he purposefully made it that way so that we can depend on him Dependence on God. Who are you depending on to raise your children, to mold them for God? They're His. I want to remind us that tonight. They are His children. We, we have them alone. They belong to Him and we are to steward them. But the way that we do so is through the power of God. Uh, Proverbs 3, 5 and 6 says this, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not into your own understanding. In all your ways, I believe that includes parenting. Acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. Uh, I heard a quote from C.S. Lewis. It, uh, it said this. It says, relying on God has to start over every day as if nothing has yet been done. Every single day, we've got to wake up as parents, and we've got to hand those kids over to the Lord. You know the way that we do that consistently? I think there's a few areas, but I've got to really put this on my heart. I know this is cliche, but it's through prayer. There shouldn't be a day this side of heaven that you aren't praying for your children by name. You aren't praying specific things over your children. You aren't asking God to help them in the areas that you know that they struggle in. How many of you have noticed your kids all have a bent towards something? They all have struggles and weaknesses in their character and, and holes in their in their uh, their their disciplines and and you you see it and you can you can uh, identify it because you spend much time with them and oftentimes many of our kids have similar struggles that we also struggle with. But I want you to understand that if we are going to truly depend on God, if we are truly going to see uh, the the uh, the goal of parenting come to fruition, it's going to not happen apart from prayer are you praying for your children you know honestly my prayers consist of mainly I pray for my wife I pray for myself and then I spend the bulk of my intercessory prayer for my children you know I I I get that you know honestly that God he has to get a hold of their hearts I I remember reading a book early on in marriage about shepherding a child's heart and how uh, we as parents, sometimes we, we focus on the behaviors and the, the exterior uh, of what's going on and, and we focus on modifying the behavior. Well, well, I would dare to say that the, we, sometimes we miss the mark when we only look at the behavior. Behind every behavior, at the root of everything is a heart issue, right? Where is your child's heart? Does your, char- does your child have a heart for God and and how do you foster that in them? How do you uh, how does that come to be? It's not going to happen apart from depending on God and, and having uh, bathe them in prayer. 
And I'm telling you, it would save us a lot of anxiety if we just would uh, take those two points to heart and just start there. This is something that every one of us can do. You know, I realize that my parenting has limitations. I, I realize that I fall short in areas, that I, I don't always meet the mark. But I'm telling you, this is an area where I, I, if I drop the ball, it's going to be because, because I willfully uh, chose not to uh, bathe my children in prayer and depend on the Lord. So I just want to encourage you tonight, understand that this task is bigger than our capacity. And go to God. Go to the one who can get a hold of your children's heart. Go to the one who will show up when we depend on him like a child would depend on their their parents. And, and I'm telling you, uh, we've got to cry out, Abba, Father. Uh, we got to really uh, go deep in prayer. This is not just some little casual uh, type of a prayer I'm talking about when it comes to our children. I'm talking about... Uh, Prayer that's going to cost us something. Prayer that's going to, sometimes we're going to anguish over them. Some of you, you have a teenager, and, and right now, they're going through it. They're making decisions. Uh, they just got caught on, online doing something. And, and I'm telling you, I'm, I want to encourage you. Hey, if you get nothing else from the message tonight, go home, determine that in the morning you have a meeting with God. And you're going to pray for her, her or him. And do it again the next day. Go to sleep and repeat it the next day. And this is something that each and every one of us as parents, we must understand. We can't drop the ball in this area. There's going to come a time where you won't be able to supervise these children. There's going to be a time when you won't be able to uh, put the filters on. There's going to come a season where they're going to be beyond uh, your control. And so right now, you must bathe them in prayer and depend on God. But I want you to see, secondly, when it comes to parenting, parenting must be based on the principles, God's principles, God's word. Adolf Hitler said this. He said, give me a child until he is five years old, and I will have him the rest of his life. See, many parents don't know how to parent biblically because they don't have the 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 awareness of scripture they aren't in the word and so I want to encourage us as parents we must be students of the word and our parenting must be led by the principles of scripture and I, I believe in scripture we see uh, uh, one uh, overlying underlining uh, principle when it comes to our children and it's that of consistent training you are training your child You are preparing them to go out into the world. You are to be pouring into them consistently. And I don't know about you, but I'm convicted at this. You know, God, he he often sends people to remind me of the the importance of of training. He used my mom this week to, to... to remind me that I need to be giving my children the word. And, you know, I've been kind of going through it with a few of my children, honestly. Anybody been there? And they're struggling with obedience. Matter of fact, we have a meeting after church. And if you know what a meeting is, they came in here tonight and they said like three, three, you know, normally they come and run up to you when, when everything's all good, right? They said about three rows back because they knew. But I've, I've been reminded, and I want to remind some of you, 
that this isn't a hands-off endeavor. This is something that's going to, it, it requires all hands on deck, whether uh, it's a husband and a wife who are, who are raising their children, a single mom, single dad, whatever. Whatever time that you have with your child, uh, you must be consistent in training them. You must not waste opportunities to pour into your children. The Bible says in Proverbs 22 and verse 6, train up a child in the way he should go. Now, we won't be able to train our kids which direction to go or how they should go if we don't know ourselves. I I heard a quote that said this, we must know the way, we must show the way, and we must go the way. Deuteronomy 11, 18 says, Therefore, you shall lay up these words of mine in your heart and in your soul and bind them as a sign on your head, that, and they shall be as a frontlet before your eyes. You shall teach them to your children, um, speaking to them when they sit down in your house and when you walk by the way, while you lay down, and when you rise up. Every opportunity that you are with your children, you don't have to uh, preach a whole sermon, but I'm telling you, you must look for opportunities opportunities to uh, put the word of God into them, to teach them to fear the Lord, to teach them to have a, uh, a desire to please God. And, you know, I tell my children, uh, you know what, it's not me that you necessarily have to worry about when you sin. You're, you're not just offending me. You're offending God. You are, you have to put this into your children. You have to be consistent in training them this way. And I'm, I'm learning this, that you may think that the kids aren't comprehending what you're saying. You may think that you're wasting your breath. And, and I'm not saying, you know, some of you are lecturers and you, you go to these long, drawn out, you know, lectures for your kids. And then you ask them five minutes later, what did you say? And they can't repeat anything. They've tuned you out a long time ago. I'm not saying you have to be long winded. But what I'm saying is that you should be intentional. You should ask the Lord to, to give you the open windows. Uh, you should study your children to understand how they receive. I'm learning this, that you don't parent two children the same. This is why we definitely have to be dependent upon God. You can't, it's not a cookie cutter approach with children. And I have one child, you know, you just can look at them and they, they straighten up. And I have another child who, who, who threatens violence when you try to tell them not to do something. My approach with those two children have to be different. You know, yesterday I was in the, uh, I was once again, my wife was off. She's getting ready for the father daughter dance. And she's, so I've been with the kids a little bit more this week, right? And I'm in, the, uh, you know, I'm trying to get some stuff together. I'm, I, I leave the room for a few minutes. And then the next minute I hear Elijah. He's screaming at the top of his lung, ow, ow, ow. And they were watching something on TV where there was karate going on. And two year old Zuri gets up and she hits him with a roundhouse kick right in the, in the gut. And he's just, crying and she's just looking like <laughs> and then she tells me this listen to me she says to me she says I'm the best karate girl there ever was <laughs> and so I'm covering my mouth trying not to laugh Elijah's screaming I'm just telling you it's never a dull moment in our home five kids <laughs> but I can't parent Two kids, and you can't either if you have multiple children. And, and so you need to be uh, 
studying. You need to have the Word of God to be your guide, to, to be the principles that you lean on when you aren't sure what to do. And we as parents, we need to focus and I, want, I don't want to skip over this really quickly, uh, but we also, we have to, you know, the, the strongest influence in your kids' lives are you and I, and I'm telling you, what we do speaks more loudly than what we say, too. How are you walking with the Lord? Is it evident that you are, uh, you are under the authority of God? Husbands, I'm telling you, your kids know if you are a man under authority. They know how you should treat mommy. And they know when you aren't, they're very inquisitive of that. They, they have, especially little girls, uh, they, can, they can sense it. I'm telling you, like, they know when, when things aren't right. And I just want to uh, just encourage us, uh, loved ones, that we must live out through consistent training. And the, one of the, the, the greatest way to train someone is to show them how to do it, is to walk with God, is to be uh, genuine in our relationship with God. And, and prioritizing this, we must model and teach them we must have a fear of the Lord. We must have the, and teach the fear of the Lord. I was thinking about this today as I heard the news, you know, around the corner. We live over by Lancaster High School, and there was an active shooter there today. And you heard the sirens and the, and the helicopters, and, and, you know, you just fear. I, I was thinking as I was coming out of my driveway to, to make it here to church and you saw the, the streets were lined with parents cars and and uh they were coming to, to get their children like we would all do you know and um i was just thinking about this like uh, how we you know we would move so quickly to go and, and rescue our kids we lay down our lives for our kids but oftentimes we as parents we don't we don't do the the simple uh scriptural things to model the fear of the lord or respect for god before them and and, and I, what i'm telling you is this is this matter of being parent it's not complicated i would say it, it's it's not easy but it isn't complicated what we must do is point our children to god and show them what the fear of the lord looks like oh I, I read it today in proverbs fourteen twenty seven says the fear of the lord is a fountain of life to turn one away from the snares of death we must teach them to respect god to to we must demand and require respect from our kids some of you your kids don't respect you and you've allowed that to continue on and that isn't good for them isn't good for you. You know that I want to. I want to encourage some of you in here tonight. Do you know that God chose to give those kids to you, and that you are the God ordained authority in their lives, and what you says should be the should be the law in the home. Of course, we're not telling. We're, I'm not speaking to parents who would abuse that authority and and have their children. Um, be exasperated by that or, or they would abuse that authority and, and cause their children to, to go into sinful patterns. I'm not saying that, but I'm, what I'm saying is that God has ordained and given you the authority in the home as the parent. And some of you, your children have been running the home and what God is 
sent me tonight here to encourage you with is to recapture that position, to reclaim that position and, and, and know that it is God ordained and that no child should be able to, uh, to have, in my opinion, uh, have authority over what they are going to do while they are under your roof. Because if they don't respect you, they won't have the fear of the Lord later. Oh, the Bible still says, honor your father and your mother, that your days may be long upon the land which the Lord your God has given you. This is in the Ten Commandments. This is, this is uh, God telling this to his people. This is so important. God included it in those uh, commandments. And so, uh, parents, I, I want to encourage you to re- require respect. Obedience should be immediate. And I know... I have a few where it is very suddenly immediate, but I'm learning that, you know, you don't have to yell, you don't have to scream, you don't have to get outside of your character, but if you give a clear, direct command to your children, and and there's not immediate obedience, and there should be some sort of consequence there. And I'm telling you, you won't regret this. What you will regret is if you let it go. And right now they're three and four and it's cute in your mind. But when they're 17 and 18 and there's dire consequences to their disobedience, then it's not funny. Then it gets serious. Then it's like you see it all the time. You see the, the, the I've seen it and it's sad to say, but we have a lot of law enforcement in our church. And uh, they've, they've told me the stories. You know, little Johnny, raised by maybe a single mom, he ended up going into gangs and, and, uh, he, you know, violence, of course, begats violence. You live by violence, you usually die by it. He dies young, sadly, and tragically. And then you'll see it at the funeral. They hold up a, a, a picture of him graduating from high school. Um, like, like he was a model citizen, even though he was active in gang activity. They even photoshopped the tattoos off of him. And the mother acts, acts like she's bewildered of what has happened. Like, how did this happen? You know, sadly, Mom, we, we both know, we all know what happened here. Some, for some reason, down the line, your child was left to his own. And I don't want to get, I don't want to hurt anybody tonight, but I'm telling you, what's at stake? It is... It is of dire consequences. You know, inside of every one of us is every vile desire, every every sinful, uh, passable uh, sin that there ever could be. And this is why we must instill into our children the fear of the Lord. Consistent training. But I want you to know not only should we be consistent in our training, but we must be compassionate. I've learned this. Rules and, and, and rigid rules without relationship will always lead to rebellion. Some of you, what you, you don't need help in this area of training. What you need help is, is in loving and, com, and being compassionate to your kids. Understanding that they are human beings. Listening to them when they talk. I don't believe children should only just be seen and not heard. I don't believe that disrespect should ever be allowed. But what I'm saying to you is this, that if you don't show compassion and care 
and love for your children, they won't possess the uh, they won't possess what they need to show compassion and 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 be uh, empathetic towards people. They won't have what they uh, are needing the most is our uh, acceptance. You know what your kids should always know, no matter how they're behaving, is that you love them. That they are a part of your family. They have a special role in your family that you are thankful for them. I want to remind some of you parents tonight, that child isn't a bother. That's a blessing from God. And you must love them. I'm going to encourage some of you tonight. You must spend time with your children. You know, love oftentimes is spelled T-I-M-E. And I'm not... Beating anyone up, I know there's single mothers, I know that there's people who are stretched thin in here just to make ends meet, but I'm telling you, when you have opportunity, spend time with your kids. Some wise man told me that many, uh, a few years back, and, and because of that, I've done my very best, I've not always been consistent, but to have time one-on-one with my kids, and I'll ask them what they want to do, and if it's within reason, <laughs> we'll go do it. And um, I'm telling you, they look forward to that time. They look forward to spending time with daddy and just, you know, just being with me and, and me loving on them. And I'm, I'm opening the doors for my daughters. I, I'm showing them what it is to be respected. I'm, I'm trying to set the table for what will be their future husband's a responsibility. And I just want to encourage you uh Parents, uh, be compassionate to your your kids. And Ephesians six and verse four says, "And you fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath." You know, a, a parent who's constantly nagging, every mistake, every childish mistake. And I want you to understand tonight. I, I don't know if I clarified this well enough, but we don't correct our children for childish mistakes like spilling milk or just being hyperactive. Right, things of this nature. I think that correction is only necessary when there's direct disobedience, dishonesty, um, and disrespect. Um, those are the areas where I personally believe in Scripture where there, there should be some type of, of correction. But I'm, I'm telling you, kids will be kids. They're going to make mistakes. You know, oftentimes I ask my kids, hey, why did you do that? And they're like, they don't know, honestly, some of the times, because they, like you and I, we don't know why we do what we do sometimes. Paul said, that I, the things that I want to do, I, I, I don't do, and the things that I do not, I try not to do is what I seemingly I do, and we've got to account for the fact that our children, they're like us, they're broken, and we got to show grace, and I just don't want to uh, quickly go over this, but you've got to be modeling to your children that we're all works in progress. When you mess up, go to your children and apologize. Make it right. You know, I grew up, you know, and it, this this is no knock to anyone in particular, but I, I can't remember many times uh, any parents in, in, in my generation who would apologize to their kids, who would, who would say, I was wrong there, you know. Um, but I'm going to say this. We as parents, uh, we should model the truth uh, that we too are in need of grace and forgiveness and, and that we are dependent upon God uh, in, in many areas of our shortcomings for him to show us grace. So this compassion that we should have in this training, it, it should be evident. I was thinking about this, that what every child needs is affection, 
and correction. And we're going to get into that in just a moment. I talked about affection just a minute ago, but I was thinking about 1 Corinthians 13 and what our kids need to see from us and experience from us is agape love. We should be long-suffering with them. We should be kind. We, we, we should not be prideful when it, and puffed up when we're dealing with our kids. We shouldn't uh, seek our own with our kids. Some of us, we, we, we are unfair in our parenting, and there's one child that's more like us that we show favoritism to, you know, and, and that's not right. And, and I want us to uh, understand that we do our children a, a, a grievous disservice when we don't show them unconditional love. Um, and I, I want you to know that it's not going to come naturally. This is a fruit of the Spirit. We need to, of course, be dependent upon God to do this. But as I mentioned, kids need correction as well. And I won't spend a lot of time here. Because honestly, parents, don't run to this because we can get imbalanced on both ends of it. Some kids, all they get is affection, right? And they get spoiled rotten, right? The Bible says to spare the rod and to spoil the child. When you all you are is affection to your children, then they think the world revolves around them. And we're all guilty of this. This is the most photographed generation of kids in the, in the history of the world. And they truly believe that they are <laughs> sometimes more than they are. No, no, don't get me wrong. Every one of your children are special. I believe every one of my kids are special. They're image bearers. They're unique. It's amazing to me how God has, has made all of our children and we should marvel at them, but we should not uh, do so in such a way that makes them have a superiority complex. I teach my kids this. You are special, and I love you, and Jesus loves you too. But I want you to know you aren't better than any other person. You are, you are not uh, superior than a person who's in a third world country who doesn't have what you have at your fingertips. God, Jesus loves the whole world. He loves every child in the world. And um, so I, I, I'm intentional in that. But I, back to this matter of correction. The Bible says this about our children, that there's foolishness bound in the heart of our child. You guys ever see that play out? <laughs> that foolishness. But I want you to know foolishness is, is a serious matter. I, I read this quote. The foolishness inside your children is more dangerous than the temptation outside of them. Only God's grace has the power to rescue fools. And I want you to understand something, that it is our responsibility to, to be prayed up, to be directed by God, to know when there is uh, a, a character flaw, there's foolishness in the heart of our children that we must, of course, address. And the Bible gives the remedy for foolishness in the heart of a child. The rest of the verse says in Proverbs 15:22, the rod of correction will drive it far from him. So some of you are like, yeah, I've been waiting to get to this. No. Correction, you know, isn't something that we should run to first. Correction isn't something that we should be you know, delighted to do. Honestly, I, I don't, I hate doing it. I don't like doing it. And I tell this to my kids, like, I don't want to have to do this, but I am under the authority of God. And, and when you step outside of the realm of, of his law, I have to correct you. 
And uh, you guys remember Benjamin Spock a few years back? And he, uh, of course, was one of the biggest proponents of of taking uh, correction away from parents and, and not correcting children, not disciplining them. And he said that it would damage their egos, that later in life that they, they would be, you know, um, not as uh, functional as they should be in the book. Some of you may have read that book, but I didn't and uh, wouldn't waste my time. <laughs> But later in his life, you know, Dr. Spock, he he had to backtrack what he said. He said this, we have reared a generation of brats. Parents aren't firm enough with their children for fear of losing their love and incurring their resentment. There is a cruel deprivation that we professionals have imposed on mothers and fathers. Of course, we did it with the best of intentions. We didn't realize it until it was too late how our know-it-all attitude was undermining the self-assurance of parents. Now, we don't advocate abuse. And I, I know some of you in this room, you were flat out abused by your parents. They took their anger and frustration out on you. And we, we do not condone nor advocate for that. We are mandatory reporters. I'm telling you, if any of you come in here and your kids go to nursery and there are bruises on them, I'll be the first to turn you in and I will do it in a heartbeat. You say, hey, pastor, that seems kind of harsh. No, there's a line that we must never cross. And if you're angry, if you're a man who, who can't control your temper or a woman, that you must you, you, for a while, you must step away from this area of correction until your heart is right. So this is what I meant when I said, "Don't run to this." This is this is honestly the last tool that comes out most times. But I'm telling you, it's re- it's necessary because. Oftentimes, people who grew up and they were abused, they, they go to the, old, the polar opposite and they never correct their children. And that is a disservice. When your children are never corrected, they will grow up without having a respect for authority. The Bible says that if you uh, spread a rod, you will spoil the child. And, and, and it says that you will, by not correcting your child, you, you hate them. You don't love your child if you never correct disobedience, disrespect, uh, if you don't ever correct their foolishness. And, and so God is going to give us, he gives us everything that we need in his word, doesn't he? And we want to be balanced. We want to, of course, lean towards the side of grace with our children. But there comes a time where we must uh, do what God has commanded us to. And the Bible says this, chasing your son while there is hope. And let not thy soul spare for his crying. And so children need affection. They need to know that you love them, that you accept them, that they are, there's nothing that they can ever do to, to change that. Aren't you thankful tonight that nothing that we ever do, any failures that we have, just, it, nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus? You understand that? And that should be the case for our children. They should know if they mess up, even as adults. Some of you say, oh, I don't want them coming back (laughs) when they get out. 
But they should know, and I've said this many times from the pulpit, you mess up and you need help. You can come home. You can come home. You made a bad choice. You married the wrong man. Uh, you, you did something, you know, that you regretted and now you're, 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 in, you're going through it. And I'm not saying that we should rush to remove uh, God's chastening in our children's life. I'm not saying we should always. You should be prayed up and directed by God. But I'm saying this, after you bathe that in prayer, after you've let uh, God direct you in these areas, that we should be waiting like the prodigal son's father was with arms wide open and receiving them back into the fold. We should be ready with that ring and the, and the robe and the new shoes. I'm telling you, we should rejoice in those instances where God makes it clear. We should... Show affection, parents. We should correct. But I want to remind us, as we're closing tonight, we must remember that our children are blessings from the Lord. They're blessings. Now, don't idolize your children, some parents in here tonight. Your children, you put them before everything. You put them, in, and let me tell some wives something in here tonight, too. I feel led to tell you this. Your children don't come before your husband. I'm going to say that again. Your children don't come before your husband. You must honor your husband as the Lord has encouraged you to. And, and father, same thing. There's some daddies who put their kids over their wives. And, and you guys know my stance. You've heard it many times. If we're in a boat and one of those kids fall out, my wife, I'm going for my wife first. We'll make another one of those kids. And I tell this to my kids at least once every few months. And they get mad every time. We went away uh, a few days last week. You know, um, got, to, got to get away. And of course, kids are, uh, there's one kid that doesn't like it when we go away. And, and she's like, why do you have to leave? Why do you have to leave? Well, Truthfully, I have to leave because I, I'd rather spend time with mommy than with you. Is that, I mean, she's like, you don't love me. I love you, but I love mommy much more. And I'm telling you, that's not unhealthy. I'm telling you, the best thing that we can do as husbands is love our wives in front of our kids. And, and, and I'm telling you, uh, same thing, vice versa. Wives, when you love your husband, we honor your husband in front of those kids. It sends a message, and and you're, believe it or not, to your kids, you are the first example of God. You are the first uh, picture of of God. And and um, I heard about a little girl who was in class, and the teacher gave them a, an assignment to draw a picture of Jesus. And she drew her picture, and she's so proud of it. She showed it to her teacher. The teacher took note of it. Just a few minutes after that, her dad came to pick her up, and the teacher noticed the striking resemblance of that picture she drew of Jesus and her daddy. And, you know, I remember that illustration, and I'm telling you what, that's what I strive for, that my kids will see Jesus in me. They'd see the grace of God on my life. They'd know that I love Jesus, and he's my Lord and Savior. I love their mommy. I love them, and I'm not going anywhere. I remember just, I remember what it feels like. 
to be from a broken home. I remember what that feels like. And I went through a season of, of rebellion. I remember just just acting out was an A and B student. I remember uh, when my parents split, I remember just not just really giving up on school, just started hanging out with the wrong people, started, you know, shoplifting from stores and doing things that I shouldn't have been doing. And, and all of it was because, well, portion of that was because I, I, I was hurt that I didn't lo- I no longer could see my father. And so I just want to encourage some of you in here tonight, you may, the enemy may be putting in your mind, oh, we've had enough, it's time for us to split. I know I'm not preaching on marriage tonight, but I'm going to tell you uh, the statistics, even now the secular world is saying that divorce is never the best option, and the main reason is the children suffer the most, the children are broken the most. You want to go to the prisons and you want to know that the most who, who are in those prisons, they come from broken homes, they come from divorced homes, or never married homes. I'm telling you, this is important, this this matter of marriage and family. You know why the enemy attacked the institution of the home first? Because he knew it would be the bedrock of society. The church is hampered because of this. I'm telling you, society is going through what it's going through because we bought the lie that women can do what men do and that you can have a kid on your own and you don't need a man. No, that's hogwash. That's from the pit of hell. I'm telling you tonight, we got to wake up and do battle. You want to understand what you're doing in that home? You're raising up the next generation for Jesus Christ. Oh, as the Bible says that our children, they are like arrows in the hand of an archer. And what you're doing when you're correcting your children, when you're loving your children, you're you're just straightening that arrow a little bit more for Jesus. And one day you're going to send that arrow out in the world and and, and, and the day of of, of ancient battle, the arrow was one of the most formidable weapons. It would hit you and it it would be precise. It was like a sniper's gun to And I'm telling you, that's what we should be focused on more than anything. Remember that these children are blessings. I want to encourage some parents and some grandparents in here tonight. Your job isn't done. If you have grandchildren. Oh, you remember Timothy? His daddy didn't believe, but his mama and his grandmama did. And they raised him up. Bible says, Paul said, I, 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 I see the gift in you. I, I see that you know the scriptures. I know where that comes from. It's from Lois and Eunice, your mommy and your grandmama. And he says, he said about Timothy, and that from a child, you have known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation. Oh, little Timothy's mama was putting scripture in him. Even though her husband had no desire because he was a Greek, his grandmother, when, when he went over to sleep over there or if she lived in the home, grandma was putting the scriptures in him, loving him, raising him up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. And then one day a preacher came to town, a little short man, a little missionary by the name of Paul. And, and, and Timothy was sharp. He was the best of the best, and, and Paul took note of his genuine walk with God. It didn't matter his age. He, he, he truly walked with the Lord. And we know the rest of the story. Paul uh, had Timothy come alongside of him, and, and he trained him. And, and when Paul went out the scene, do you know who was the head, the, 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 the leading, I would say, a man over all the churches of Asia Minor? It was a young man by the name of Timothy. And I'm telling you, you don't know who you are 
amazing. You don't know what God can do with your child. And you should have a vision for your child. The Bible says where there is no vision, the people perish. I'm telling you, I'm praying things over my child. One of my children, she she does not take no for an answer. She'll ask over and over and over again. She'll try to wear you down. You know what I'm praying for her? That she'd be a prayer warrior like that. One of my babies, you know, she loves to worship. You can put it on no matter where. She doesn't care who's watching, and she'll just start worshiping. I'm praying that she'll do what you did tonight, Maddie. I'm praying. I'm praying, and I have a have a vision for your children. If you don't have a vision, if you don't know, ask God to give you a vision for your child and work towards that. Pour into them. And I'm not saying you get to choose what they do. Your vision may not be what God has for them. That's what I'm just saying. You pray and you say, God, if this if this is your will, Lord, use this child. This is this is your child. Whatever you have, the Bible says, train them up in the way that they should go. It may be something uh, that they are bent towards and they are, are prepared for. And you must not get in the way. You must uh, direct it like uh, like a, a a a little rudder directs a large vessel. That's what we should be. And God will put the wind in the sails, and he, he'll be the one who finishes work if we depend on him. Let me just remind you, this job is bigger than us. But with God, if we build our houses upon him, we will see God show up. And I just want to encourage you, some of you parents, you're weary right now. You've been going through it. It doesn't look good. You can turn the ship around tonight. These biblical principles put into play. God's word will never return void. The promises of God are yes and amen. Don't you believe that tonight? I hope we all have an appointment tomorrow to pray for our children. To bathe them. If you're dropping the ball in the matter of depending on God, praying, Training your children compassionately and consistently. If you've maybe become lax when it comes to correcting behaviors that are obviously going to lead this child into their own demise, I want to encourage you tonight. Come to the altar. Bring your wife with you. Say, babe, we're re-enlisting tonight. We are back focusing on what God has given us in this this opportunity to influence his children for him.